So what's up, what's up? Uh, we're trying to do a little something different here. Um, we'll try to start it off a little bit with um, recollecting how we originally enjoyed this movie. I'm going to take you back to March 2019 in Atlanta. Um, I get a call up from my Aunt Mona. Um, our Aunt Phyllis is in town along with our cousins, my cousin Kylie, my cousin Kendall, my cousin Brandy. Um, we all caught us together in the movie theater and we loved it. We thought it was great. We were blown away. Um, we immediately after that went down the rabbit hole, um, had phone conversations with each other. And this is one of the movies amongst others that really inspired us to, to do this podcast so that we could just collectively discuss the movies that we love together um, and not let uh, geographical distance keep us away from each other so with that that's what we wanted to discuss this with y'all so welcome back to the 23rd episode of cinematic minds on this episode we'll be discussing the 2019 film us in advance of jordan Peele's next film that will be released nope we'll then also be taking a deep dive into the film career of Lapita Nuongo. So first, our usual quick announcement before we get started. This podcast is a spoiler zone podcast in which we'll discuss the entire plot of the film. All right, let's get started. For those of you who have listened to the first 22 episodes, we thank you for returning. For those of you who are listening for the very first time, we hope you enjoy the ride. So sit back and relax. But first, listen to these cool sounds provided by our musical curator, my bruh, DJ Chuck D. You know how sometimes things line up? Coincidences? Since we've been up here, they've been happening more. And more. It's like there's this black cloud hanging over us. There's a family in our driveway. Who is that? Oh. All right. Um we're back from the quick break in the introduction. Um, as we mentioned at the top, what we're we here today to discuss, uh, we are here to discuss Jordan Peele's second film, Us. Um, this is something I'm actually very excited to, to discuss. Uh, we're discussing this because uh, here very shortly, actually, I think later this week, his third film, which is going to be his follow up to Us, um, Nope, is going to be releasing this Friday. So we're pretty excited about that. And uh, we wanted to use this time. We thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to uh, reflect. Last week, we reviewed uh, Get Out, which we all enjoyed um, watching and reviewing. And we thought us would be um, a great follow-up. So um, in regards to the brief uh, description of the plot, 
Uh, a family's serene beach vacation turns to chaos when their doppelgangers appear and begin to terrorize them. Um, in regards to the cast overview, this stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Hedecker, Shahadi Wright, Joseph, Evan Alex, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, and Anna Diop. <laughs> Did I say it wrong again? No, I'm no, just saying uh, that Yaya ya Abdul-Mateen is debatably starring. <laughs> <laughs> I think he made, I, I think in his few minutes, like in his yeah. like two scenes, I think yeah. he had three or I think he had like three or four scenes though, but I feel like he has an impact in his in his three or four scenes, if you ask me. So yeah, and it's um, not like a huge cast either. So it's like you know, it's like <laughs> there's like ten people, so you might as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, it was released uh, March twenty second, two thousand nineteen. So this budget went up. Uh, the original budget for Get Out was four hundred four point five million dollars. This budget was $20 million. So actually, um, Get Out, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bloomhouse. Um, they're like Jason Bloom's uh, production company that kind of has all these horror movies that are pretty inexpensive. He kind of first got to start with, um, um, oh, man, what, what, are those, what are those movies when it's, um, it's like the haunted house, but you got like found footage? Anyways. Oh uh, no, I know what you're talking about. There it's like a whole series of them though. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the name of them is. Forget it. Yeah. Anyways, wow, there is a huge hawk on my back uh fence right now. Guess that makes sense <laughs> down here in Atlanta, but it's huge. <laughs> like I thought is it was it the like Blair a- is it the Blair Witch Project? Is that what you're talking about? Not the Blair Witch Project, but the one that's kind of like that. That with it, you know what? Gosh, uh anyways, <laughs> you know what? I don't need to go into it. Anyways. Jason Bloom um, originally uh, produced this, and he usually produces movies that are less than this. Since the budget for this was $20 million, it actually had to get produced by Universal. But they still worked with Jason Bloom, but it was more extensive than um, the Jason Bloom house uh, ones. So, I, dude, the crazy thing is, when I did the, uh, given the fact that we did Get Out last week, I was able to kind of see what the, compare the numbers for Get Out the, last year and this week. Both Get Out and Us both made 175 million dollars domestically Dang. yeah both of them made 175 million dollars domestically and both of them made 255 dollars internationally 250 million dollars 255 million both that's of them dope. yeah i mean they're off by like pretty much like a percentage point but that's kind of crazy that both of like the domestic and worldwide numbers work together so Hopefully. Yeah, dude, I'm, look, I'm looking at the only thing I cared about was Rotten Tomatoes. And like us has the worst Rotten Tomato scores with a 93% Rotten Tomatoes versus Get Out, which has a 98% Rotten Tomatoes. But I'm like, 93 is good as fuck. So I'm like, <laughs> this, this movie is cute. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Pill was like, I don't know, I'm nervous. You know what I mean? Because it's like, he came hard with the first, the second, and it's been like, I feel like the time between the get out and us is like a lot shorter or it seemed a lot shorter. Yeah, it was only two years because we got the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So now the time between like, nope, I hope, I hope it's good. It just, it feels from the trailers. It just feels a little, 
even more on the humor side you know what i mean like with kiki palmer and stuff but sorry i digress uh yeah he killed oh, bro that's person. relevant no i mean i think it's more it could be more relevant for you to, uh, and timely for you to bring that on up um yeah i mean i, ho- I hope it's going to be a box office success too we should see you know i mean especially coming outside of the pandemic so Hey, hey. Uh-oh. What? Zora, give me your phone. I'm not on. Zora! Is someone outside? This is a family standing outside. It's probably the neighbors. You're kidding me, right? Hello, my name is Adelaide Wilson. Are you We're seriously calling 911 right now? Everything's good. We lost trespassers. All right, sure, okay. Yes. You know what? What? I'm gonna fix this. No, we don't. We'll find out what? who they are. No, they haven't, but find I know they will. Find what they want, and everything's going to be fine. Calm down, okay? No, 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 that's too long. Oh, boy. No, you, you, don't, you don't understand. How about we all just try to keep calm? Gabe, Keep Dad. our heads, and everything's going to be all right. No, 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 wait, 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 just one second. Gabe. and my whole family lost their goddamn minds. Hi. Can I help you? Okay. If y'all are out here trying to scare people, I think you picked the wrong house for that. Zora. Put your shoes on. I, I asked you nice. Now I need y'all to get off my property. minutes away. What? 14 minutes? Okay, 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 okay. So I enjoyed this. So, you know, I've kind of, you know, set the table in regards to why we want to discuss this. Would either of you want to open on up and just kind of telling us what you, you know, how you guys like this movie and maybe just kind of start going into, you know, discussing who what were some of your favorite scenes and, and maybe favorite performances or actors or, or, or actresses? Like you got start? it this time, Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll kick it off. Um, so, you know, knowing the plot twist at the end of the movie about Adelaide actually being the tethered version um, made the subtle hints to that being like the case throughout the film a lot more obvious to pick up on this time. Um, you know, especially whenever she's talking uh, to Peggy for Mad Men and she's just like, yeah, I don't really like talking like that. And like, oh, because you didn't know how to talk, you know. So um, things like that were like, you know, a lot um, easier to pick up on. But with that said, like, um, I don't know. Like, I we touched on this last time a little bit. Um, 
I I thought that like yeah like I was like y'all like I thought that us was better than get out like uh, but now that we watch these movies back to back now I think that I like get out better than us like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like, like so I, I, if there's a that, difference I feel like us is a straight straightforward horror or thriller you know what I mean and I feel that get out's got like a whole bunch of other stuff going on. I mean yeah it's got the comedy it's got a lot more comedy i think it was a mystery it felt like to me like that i agree with you totally malcolm because i was like oh my god like i think i like get out better than us now but i think it's the mystery component for me it's like i never knew what like it took me a long time to get out to be like what is really going on but it felt like like to eddie's point it's just a little bit more on the like straight straightforward it's just like these people are clearly about to kill you guys. It's like a, a kind of more of a traditional horror movie. I forgot, um, yeah. I forgot when I rewatched it too. I'm like, man, they get right to it. It's pretty much. Yeah, like, I know. That's why I was like, I wish they built it up a little bit. Yeah, the movie begins. They go to the beach. And then like when they come back, then she's like, she's in the bedroom. And she's like, look, this happened when I was young. And then the lights turn off. And then it goes right to it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. It was just like, right when the lights go off, I'm like, oh, man, like, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and also just like, I don't know, just rewatching these movies, like having the foresight of what's going to happen and get out, like I was like more excited about watching the movie and like I appreciated that context more. Whereas watching this movie, it kind of just took the joy out of watching the movie to me, actually <laughs> knowing what was like going to happen. Cause I'm like, I don't know, like I just feel like you know, with the little bit of the very minimal mystery that it does have, like, at least, like, that was, like, the, oh, crap, the crazy part at the end, but, like, I didn't really have that this time, and I don't know, I just felt like it was just, like, all fighting and, like, a bunch of killing, and there wasn't, like, as much of, like, a plot, in my opinion, as Get Out had, so that's why, and I, you, you know, you know, you know what messed it up for me, Malcolm? I think, I think this is part of it, too. It's, like, knowing that our lead character in this movie is actually the the upset from the upside yeah. down world. Yeah. Makes me think that she's a villain. And then I'm like, yeah. I don't give a fuck about I'm not scared for you anymore. I'm like, yeah. you, you did like, this to yourself. Dude, like, I'm looking at her like different the entire movie. I'm like, man, you're super sus. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, that kind of ruined it for me. I like wanted to be afraid for her, but then I was just like, yeah. Like, good. You deserve this. That's <laughs> fucked up. You're the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well said. Like, that's that's what I was trying to get to. Um, and then, you know, some of the symbolism pieces just weren't really registering with me. So maybe y'all can shed some insight. One, I didn't get the white rabbit stuff. All right. I'll say so. A quick thing on the white rabbit. Would, oh, wait. So. I mean, they had to eat rabbits, right? They brought that on up. Like, and it, if you ask me, I'm going to say short is Alice in Wonderland. So it was a whole... I was thinking too, but I thought that that'd be like... It was a whole bunch of Alice obvious, in right? Yeah, it was a whole bunch of Alice in Wonderland references. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's some other stuff, but Alice in Wonderland stuff. Okay. I mean, she goes down the whole... And there's like, when I was doing research, there's like a whole bunch of Alice in Wonderland. I mean, 
something with them having the red outfits in the red jumpsuits is like some red Alice in Wonderland stuff. Um, okay, so, yeah, I was the other part too, the red jumpsuits. I just didn't get that shit either. And the scissors. Well, that's like, you know, because they're tethered, right? So oh, yeah. that's the kind of like, the whole thing is like they want to cut. Yeah, to cut tether and stuff. I thought that was interesting, like the, her use of words too, when she put the handcuffs, she was like, she didn't say handcuff yourself to the, to the, the desk. She was like, tether yourself to the desk. Which yeah, yeah, that shit was kind of weird to me too. So I don't know. I'm probably picking a little bit too much at it, but it's like uh, at the, whenever they go to, at the end of the movie, they show that the uh, you know that Adelaide's actually the tethered one, and that she tricked her, and she had her like uh, you know uh, she she tricked her and got her locked up or whatever to the bedpost. Why didn't like she just get unhooked from the bedpost like? later that day and then just come back up like i don't i didn't why why wouldn't that have happened you know i mean why would she have to stay down there why would they all have to stay down there that whole time when like they could have left from down there at any point i mean yeah i say don't overthink it yeah that's probably just overthinking it it, but i mean if you want to if i mean hey i'm i work in logistics so if we want to talk about the logistics of having everybody underground, because <laughs> I got questions like, okay, what happens when people fly, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, what happens to my tethered person when I fly to Europe or fly to Australia? Yeah. I mean, is there an underground under the ocean? So I don't know. <laughs> or do they yeah. just, or do they just wait at the airport? Like until I come back, I don't know. So. It was a very elaborate like concept, but like they didn't, they really didn't want to like don't ask, don't dive too deep into this one. Yeah, I, it's like it's like the same thing with Get Out. It's like, hmm, could a brain surgery really work? Where <laughs> if you just switch somebody's like brains, then right, they go right. into somebody else. Like you know what? Let's not overthink this. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing is you know. I didn't realize upon rewatch that like uh, the mom and the dad, you know, being Adelaide and her and her uh, husband were like both like big main characters inside of a uh, Black Panther. And so, you know, I was like, oh, damn, like Ryan Coogler and Jordan Peele just like must be boys and just pull a pick from the same pool of actors and stuff. So, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's not a big pool of people that are black producers in Hollywood. <laughs> Like A list, you know what I mean? Black producers of like A list movies that are making, you know. Actually, let's say this: black producers who make one hundred million dollar movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I think, I mean, it's probably again. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think. I mean, I think it's a small circle. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that we've been doing this and stuff, though, because I definitely feel like I've been more like in tune with like. Um, you know, big name black actors and stuff. I probably wouldn't have recognized Yaya Abdul Mateen this time had we not talked about him so much whenever we were uh, did the review on uh, Matrix uh, Resurrections and stuff. So glad to be learning more about you know big actors from y'all and stuff. So it's been good glad to hear that because Rhonda was roasting your ass for not knowing Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, not knowing who? Oh. <laughs> Glowy Bailey, dude. Google Glowy <laughs> Bailey right now. Just hey, but no, pull up on YouTube. That's what you need. Yeah, to do. dude. Yeah. Pull up Watch Chloe videos on YouTube, bro. She's literally like your generation or younger than your generation's like Beyonce. Yeah, she, like, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
She's like Beyonce, but Malcolm's age. Yeah. <laughs> she's like in big stuff though. Like she's a, she's like a. I mean, yeah, she's in grown, but I don't know, dude. I don't know how she's missing the radar because, like, <laughs> I just I feel like I can't not see her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's less acting than she's more on like R and B. She's a singer. Yeah, yeah, she's mostly yeah. a singer, but she's on Grownish. And like her and her sister have just been around for like a decade now. <laughs> they started as like YouTube twins. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she got I mean, probably not. No, because it's like pop uh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean it's not. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not about to get roasted by Clover Bailey folks out of here. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying that she's of a she's a pop artist, like a pure no. Pop she she artist, no, and actually, you know? I think another comparison too is like she's in that vein of like Rihanna. So it's kind of like yeah, Rihanna don't got a tiny desk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she might. I don't know. Wait, Chloe, Chloe's got a tiny desk. No, Malcolm was asking. Oh, Malcolm was asking if she got a tiny desk. Oh, okay. Cool. Good God, we got way off topic. But last thing. <laughs> Definitely highly recommend watching Usher's Tiny Desk. Really good. Oh, excellent. Really good. <laughs> I love that one. Oh, yeah. I just dropped that too long ago. I'll check that Here out. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Watch, this. watch this. Watch, watch this. this. <laughs> <laughs> I was just was like, God damn, Confession goes so hard. Like, how is this song that, that is that specific about his fuck up so, so universal? <laughs> what are we talking about? Us. Us. We're talking about <laughs> yeah, us. Us. <laughs> us. So, uh, yeah, so we, we learning about the producers. Yeah, so we were talking about producers. <laughs> and that got us to Chloe Haley. So um, <clears throat> what, what, what were you originally saying about uh, Jordan Peele? Oh, the cast. And you mm-hmm. liked it that there was Winston Duke and mm-hmm. Lapita. Um, I sent Theo a picture um, last week, which is tripping me out, which amazes me is, not only did Lapita Nuongo have it in common that they both acted in Us and in um, <clears throat> and in Black Panther, but man, they also went to the Yale School of Arts together. And okay. interestingly enough, um, who Lapita and Winston Duke? Yeah, Lapita yeah, Winston Duke. And so, mm. interestingly enough, so you know they're in Marvel and they're both going to be starring in uh, Black Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which is going to come out later this year. Uh, I don't know if it was a date or not. It sounded like it was a date. They said that they, um, when they were in school, they went to go see Marvel's Avengers together. And so oh, that nice. was kind of like, cool. yeah, they were telling that was the story when they were on their tour. But like, here's some high level names of people that went to African-American actors and actresses that went to the David Geffen School of Drama at Yale University. Angela Bassett, Lapita Nwongo, Ernie Hudson. He's a black Ghostbuster. Winston Duke, what? Courtney B. Vance, Brian Tyree Henry, David Allen Greer. Sabina Labu, um, that was the oldest sister from Cosby Show. Um, <clears throat> Sanaa Lathan, Yaya, Charles S. Dutton, he's rock. Um, Lance Reddick. So it's kind of like some big names that went from you know went to Yale. So. Yeah, that's crazy. So, all right. So the cast. That's, that's who you said you really liked. Uh, was that I mean, or were you just bringing it up that you liked the fact that they both um, acted in in both? Oh movies? yeah, I was just bringing it up. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I didn't, I didn't realize um, that they were like the same people and stuff. So, yeah, is there cool. a performance that you'd like to recognize? Oh, um, I mean, you know, everybody was cool. Um, I, I thought, yeah, I don't know. Nobody really like stood out like super big to me. I guess my breakout actress would probably be 
Lupita Nyong'o. Um, I thought she did a really good job, and you know, uh, she had like a really a lot of really good facial expressions and stuff throughout the film. Um, my, but my favorite scene uh, was probably whenever uh, the black family, you know, the main family, uh, kills the doppel- doppelganger white family. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought that shit was sick how they shot that. And it was really cool. We were playing fuck the police all the time in the background as they were like going through. Um, and then the little girl was a badass. Um, so, yeah. 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 Man, they, her doppelganger was creepy as fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> she always had that smile. So, uh, what Jordan Peele said is he tried to have like the, the four. Um, the, the the doppelgangers as four different um character types so red she was a leader the husband was like the jester the daughter was the warrior and the little kid was like the magician wizard and stuff so those are like the, the different roles that little um, kid's face was fucked up man you scared the shit out of me oh man yeah kids scared out of me so something else I, you said you liked lupita's uh performance so when she was red, who was like, you know, the, the doppelganger mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. when she would act as red on those days, she would stay in character between scenes. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and then, yeah. And then the, the, the trivia, I said it was like much to the chagrin of the casting crew. <laughs> Could you imagine that? It was like, just like, all right. Hey, uh, what's up, red? I get to eat rabbits. <laughs> It's like, you know, I guess um, I forget the name of it. Whenever the actor acts like it offset, um, off, like during the set, not filming, but um, like a process acting. Or I don't know what the hell it's called, but method acting, method acting. Right. Um, so who do you think would be the weirdest method actor to be around? Uh, um, my man being uh, Andy Kaufman, Jim, Jim Carrey is Andy Kaufman. Um, uh, the Joker, um, what's his name? Uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger or, um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Red. I feel like the weirdest one to be around for me would be Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, because I feel like she's the most drastically different from that character. Like, I feel like Andy Kaufman, or Jim Carrey is Andy Kaufman. He's like, yeah, you're just... You're just being another weird white guy. (laughs) (laughs) And with Heath Ledger, I don't know. I guess it's like I'm so tied to the like to that Joker being dope as hell that I I guess in my head, I'd just be like, yo, you're being Joker right now. This is dope as shit. Like maybe maybe in actuality, I'd be like, all right, get away from me, guy. (laughs) I feel like he'd say something. How can I say this? Like he'd be super cool and then he'd say something like sly racist and he'd be like <laughs> you know what I mean and he wouldn't really like 100% you like wait a second I think he's like really insulting me right now but I'm not 100% sure <laughs> <laughs> wait when, was Joker racist though do you think that Joker would say something racist <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him yeah <laughs> Yo, yeah, Joker, <laughs> Joker may blow up a hospital but he respects all cultures I feel like he, I feel like, you know what? No, because in the Dark Knight, <laughs> he killed, oh, he killed your boy, uh, Spawn. Oh, uh, uh, okay. And, uh, and who was Black Dynamite. 
And I feel oh, like okay. I feel like he did something. That's maybe why I'm reading. Oh yeah. I feel like in that scene, he doesn't do like nigga, but I feel yeah, like he does like he, he says like, something to kind of be like, like what's up, something? homeboys? Yeah, it's like so it's like, wait a second, dude. Like <laughs> I love how like off topic we are this entire <laughs> this entire episode. Come to us, we talk about Dark Knight. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So uh, that, did you have anything else to share, Malcolm, before we uh, that's all I got. What's up with you, Theo? Okay, so yeah, Malcolm, you be hit it. I it was it was crazy. I didn't. I thought that it was because I was like a parent, like baby parent, exhausted. And so I watched the the movie, and then like towards the end, I was like, I mean, I've pretty much seen it. I think I'm like I'm gonna just sleep for the rest of it and like let Ma watch it. And so <laughs> I did that. I did it pretty much after that. Uh, this scene where they killed the white family, um, I mean, I and I, I was like, is it? It, it, yeah. bored from there. I think you're good, dude. If you fall asleep, yeah. you're kind of good. Yeah. yeah, that's like, and now, and that's why it, I had the same feeling this time where I was like, wait, I guess get out is better than us. But I think, honestly, I think what it is is get out is a better rewatch. Get out is more rewatchable than yeah. us. Now that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's something about knowing that secret at the end is kind of like, Kind of, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, but I still loved it. Definitely enjoyed it the first time I saw it. And yeah, I, I was really nervous. I thought you were going to take away my favorite cast member and my favorite scene. I think it's pretty obvious. Actually, I was really excited watching. The one part that was a highlight for me in the movie this time was like, I don't know, like five minutes into the movie, the first time Winston Duke, uh, the dad, says something like corny. And he's like, oh, guys. <laughs> My wife is like, that's Theo. Dude, <laughs> dude, like, how much yeah. is he? <laughs> and, then he has the Howard, and then he has a Howard shirt on. And then he's got the Howard shirt on the whole time. So I'm like, I fuck with that guy. <laughs> like, I, so yeah, I mean, that, because it, it's like, that was such, I think for me in this rewatch, that was really what was allowing me to like still kind of be into it. I was just like, uh, really into like, what's the dude? I think the funniest, I think my favorite scene. Which kind of like I it's kind of my cringe worthy scene too is like when the uh, doppelgangers are just in front of the house and the entire rest of the family's like legitimately and rationally terrified immediately. But he's like, guys, chill out, it's just a family. I'm like, nigga, it's a whole family <laughs> just standing there, not doing anything in the shadows, and you're just like, guys, it's just a family. I'll just go outside and tell them to leave. Like, no, it's the already, it's already off. The no, lights are right. off, dude. It's bad. It's all bad, right? So then he goes out and he's like, get out of here. <laughs> and then like comes back in and he's like, wait, no. I thought it was really funny. It was like, no, first he before he goes out, his wife's like, I'm gonna call 911. He's like, you're doing too much, right? Goes out, he's <laughs> like, tells him to leave. <laughs> they don't leave. He's like, all right, that's weird. Goes back in, he's like, yeah, you should call 911. She's like, I <laughs> They're 14 minutes away. It's like, 14 minutes? He's like, <laughs> he's already like, that's too long. <laughs> yes, that is great. That that was funny. And then for him to like get the bat and then go back outside and like put on like this like intimidating voice, I guess. He's like, now if y'all want to have, pro- if y'all gonna have problems, we can have problems. Now I said, get off my property. And I'm just like, dude, you're not helping at all. That shit had me rolling laughing. And dude, it didn't want to eat. Then he was like, the cops 
are on their way. And I'm yeah. like, dude, first of all, and then that's when they're like, okay, bet. Now we need to move. And I'm like, dude, you just suck, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. First like, of all, you need to upgrade from that bat to a gun. A gun, right, right. That's, I mean, so that's like, I don't know. It was fun. I really appreciated it just because they had him in it. He was, he was the comedic relief for sure. I'm like, I don't want to be associated with him too much because I would definitely have handled that situation better. I mean, really, the situation would have been like. I don't know. Honestly, the second my wife, who's been there before, tells me that creepy ass story, yes, I was like, and, right. then the, and then the lights go out right after yeah. that. <laughs> right, right. I was like, all right, we can we can go. We can just we're just gonna pack up. We we can get, roll no, back home. Let's get on the fucking boat, dude. Next, that would have been it. That would have been it, dude. First of all, we need to have a gun. All right, that's number one step. Seeing us, dude. Is Santa Cruz in in, in North Cal or Southern Cal? That's my other point. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> All right, so other things about it is Santa Cruz, right? Actually, and it came up today. So one, yes, it takes place in Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is like two hours away from um, Oakland in the Bay Area. Uh, real cool beach town, boardwalk. And as a reminder, Malcolm, you're going to be out here for um, Labor Day weekend. And, you know, me and my wife are talking like, yo, what can we do? What can we do with them? And we're like, yo, let's go to Santa Cruz. So we're gonna be able to see where like a lot of this film was shot. No, the Santa Cruz, no, so that's the Santa Cruz boardwalk looks pretty much like how it is in the movie. Yeah, yeah, dude. So we should definitely that we should definitely get get a picture in front of in front of like the us locations and shit while we're out here. So that was a cool like connection um, for me. That's another reason why I appreciated it. Um, I don't know, like the other thing, I mean, I kind of go down a rabbit hole with this too. I, and it's like, I hear you, Eddie would get out. Um, and like that whole brain transfusion thing being like the science is iffy there, but I felt like this storyline relied on an even more like ridiculous, like science. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like too much and it was kind of too obvious. And they, they, I was explain just like, it in like, they explain it in two sentences. They're like, yeah, so the government made opposite people for everybody because you want to control them. All right, that's explanation. That's it. <laughs> it's like, and it was a failed experiment. And it's like, but how does this science work? Because now apparently the, <laughs> the opposite people are meeting each other and then having like, they're, they, they're forced to be together. How, so, what is the infrastructure down there? They're eating raw rabbits. So, so I guess their stomachs don't like they're they don't have the same dietary needs as us. Like <laughs> it's just so it, every question you ask opens up another question, and it's just like this is not plausible. Like y'all needed to have some more rock solid. Like may, was it contained to like just Santa Cruz? They just did this in Santa Cruz, or is this a global thing? Because oh, did they just because Santa Cruz? But that would make sense because uh, Lupita is not from Santa Cruz. She doesn't like live there. They travel there. It's a beach house, so it's like it went back home. No, but she, she but she lives. grew up. No, but she grew up there. Where it's okay. So her it was husband was her husband. Oh, is he from Santa yeah, Cruz too? Yeah, yeah. You're so out. it's just like how vast is this? And then so yeah, so there's like a lot of holes to poke inside of just that premise alone. And then on top of that, it's like, I guess for me, it's like, wait, so this is your beach home. Um, but 
This, is this the first time you've ever told your husband about that weird situation from years ago? Even though this is your beach home, and clearly y'all have been there before because y'all have friends there. Y'all no, getting a boat no. there. Think about it. Think about it. If you're the bad guy, why are you bringing this up? Right? Because right. you're the you're the bad doppelganger. So you ain't bringing it on up. But then if I'm bad so doppelganger, when- I'm like, hey, let's not go to this beach house. Ever. <laughs> ever in life. I would I'm, never want. It's, it's hot in Santa Cruz. Right. And that's the other thing, too. Cool. All right. Maybe she never brings that up. But why does she keep going back to this? Like that? They, they just went right to the home. So, you know, what I mean, it's like, why did they why would she keep going back year after year? Sure. It was her parents. So maybe when she's a kid. But it is like, was there something this time that like made her nervous? Because it's like, bitch, you go back here every summer. This is your beach home. <laughs> just now starting to be like, hey, something's weird. Like. It is Damn, it's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. So, so I feel like in, in the version of um, if you were playing Winston Duke's character in this version of the movie, when Red sits down and explains, like back in, you'd be like, "Excuse me, I have, I have some questions." <laughs> I, I no, I mean, if it were me inside of this shit, I would have been, I would have been split. I would have been gone. And I would have, the one clue that I think is hilarious in this that like most people don't get is, well, not a thing. I, I think most people catch it. Malcolm, did you catch the, uh, whenever she's like, snap to the beat, right? Um, whenever she's like trying to get her son to snap on beat to I got five on it and the car ride up there. But she's clearly not snapping on beat. And that's because she's the upside down person from down below. So she's like not, on beat, you know what I mean? But it's oh. like, yeah, so it's like that's another like hint. And that's why me and this woman had never been together. Cause I've been like, baby, we not, you are not on beat. <laughs> if she tried dancing with me, it was like, wait, I'll be like that. I'd be like, all right, that was nice. All right, nice to meet you. We would have never had a relationship ever. And it's like, that's really what I want. I'm like, I want Winston Duke's backstory. Like, Cause why did he, I don't know. Like, it just feels like, why is he with this, this lady? And yeah. I mean, yeah, she was cute. She was cute. Yeah, man. So I don't know. I enjoyed it. I picked it apart on the second watching, but I remember distinctly loving it and being like, I thought this was better than get out the first time I watched it. So I think for a new viewer, I, yeah, love it. You know, that's, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, and you said, was there a performance that you wanted to highlight? Winston Duke. Yeah, I oh, Winston Duke. My bad. I'll be yeah, missing yeah. that. I need to do better narration. So, to your point, I really 100% agree with you. And I think you guys describe it really well. The, the, the aha moment. And I kind of describe it as a um, M. Night Shyamalan, right? I feel like this movie had an M. Night Shyamalan ending. And I tell you what, I thought the movie was good the first time I saw it, but I was kind of like, where is it going? And then, like, when it ended, and I saw it in the movie theater with uh, Brandy and Aunt Mona and Kendall and Kylie and Aunt Phyllis, <clears throat> the way it ended, it just had me thinking about it for, like, those next 24 hours. I was like, oh, man, my mind is blown. And then I wanted to go down the rabbit hole. And I, I really like that kind of had that, like, my mind was blown ending and stuff. And I'll even tell you this. <clears throat> Do you think, wait, because I just realized I said that once, like, I, you go down the rabbit hole of questions, and you just said the rabbit hole of questions. Do you think that that was, like, an intended purpose? Because, like, we keep saying that phrase, and they're literally eat rabbits and 
down there. Oh, so like, man. So I specifically meant rabbit hole as in this. As in, I wanted to go on the internet and understand all yeah, that type I, of stuff. Yeah, I know what you Wait, mean. Wow, dude. <laughs> this blew my mind. Wow. Maybe because I'll tell you right now. Um, all right. Well, this is episode 23. I have, I have a little process. I'm sure you guys have process on what we research. Something that I've noticed with both of these Jordan Peele movies, he loves having a lot of trivia. Like, it's like, he's like very vocal about it and stuff, but it's like, all these movies are just kind of like, yeah, this meant that, and this meant that, and the Frisbee landing on the circle, that was symbolism for twins and whatever. So it's like, I don't know, um, dang, I think you maybe have a good point there, Theo. I think you may have a good point. So I love the ending. If there's a favorite scene I was going to highlight, uh, you know what? I think the opening scene was great. I think we all talked about the ending scene. I think the scene when they show up in the driveway is great. And I love what you brought up, Theo. Honestly, I'm like, that's going to be Theo. Literally, it's going to be Theo. Whenever he dabbed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, hey, look at this. Dab. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought the scene at the beach was kind of funny and cool a little bit. I thought the, uh, the white family was kind of funny. Showing how messed up they were, and when little boy went to the, uh, I want if there's one thing about the beach scene is, I feel like he walked. I'm just a little confused on it because I feel like the little dude, the son, walked to the house of mirrors, saw the guy standing there with a house with, with blood dripping, right? So then they build it on up. Like Lupita's like, "Where's my son? Where's my son?" And then he goes, she goes and finds him, and he's like, "Oh, mom, I was just over here," and he doesn't say anything about the guy who had blood dripping from his hands was just <laughs> standing randomly there. So I was like, dude, y'all kind of like yada yada that, right? Like, <laughs> you have to set it on up and you see him right there. It looks scary right outside of like the house of mirrors thing. So <clears throat> I don't know that in hindsight, I don't know if that's maybe if that's Jordan Peele, the director saying this, maybe that's laying the seeds for showing you that the son always kind of always knew what was up because I feel like that's some like subtle stuff they're showing throughout the movie that like the son's weird, but you know what? I feel like there's like the son and the daughter, I'm sorry, the son and the mom have a kinship and then the father and the daughter have a kinship and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, man, I don't know if they're maybe laying it down. It's like, you know, he ain't that surprised because he's kind of weird and he kind of had an inkling that all the stuff would go on. And then once he saw his mom's crazy, he's just kind of like, yeah, well, I knew he's crazy all along. So, <laughs> um, and one other transition before I go into my my favorite performance, uh, man, could you just really imagine this? And man, maybe yeah, I got to add that to the ideas uh, bucket. <laughs> could you imagine this situation? <laughs> well, let's say we're like young, we're, we're young kids with Ed and Denise Hollingsworth. <laughs> like it's it, we're in a cabin in Santa Cruz, and. Mom's kind of weirded on out, but then, all right, the lights turn off, and then we see a, and then we see a couple, we see a family of five people up in the driveway, <laughs> three little boys and a mom and dad. What? How do you think Ed and Denise, Ed Senior and Denise Hollins are going to be reacting? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just very much to your point. I hope that dad has a gun. No, yeah. Mom would call nine one one. I would probably just cry and like fucking hide in the closet, dude. That shit's terrifying. I would, <laughs> as a child, if I saw that shit, I'd be like, uh, it's, uh, I'm crying. I'm hiding. 
yeah, I was. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be it'd be wild. It'd be it'd be very wild. I, I feel like again, if this was like a a movie script that we wrote, I feel like <laughs> I won't say at the outtakes. But at the end, after we kill the family, I feel like me, you, and Malcolm would be sitting there talking about like, yo, Theo's doppelganger was a fucking asshole. Can we get yeah. a fucking nerd? <laughs> <laughs> and then Kim will say these weird things. And then Malcolm's doppelganger come on crawling all over the fucking place, burning yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wild. Uh, now it kind of makes me think that there should be a horror movie that takes place at like a dude ranch with a black family. Dude, because like we all did that shit, <laughs> and I'm like, we were the only black people there. That felt like kind of weird dude, in some way. I got, anyway. I got, I got three takes. <laughs> I got three takes for you. All right, we'll take one. Dad being super weird with the with the restaurant staff. <laughs> that's like one, that's like one storyline. Uh, storyline two. Hey, that was me bringing Rhonda, my my girlfriend, like back for the first time. So it's like a whole yeah. little thing right there. Yeah. Uh, Storyline three. I mean, again, the black family at the ranch. Right. So it's kind of like, dude, that should be dope. Double That's J like, ranch. Yeah, yeah. Double J. <laughs> Yo, I have to write that shit. That's so tight. Yeah. Uh, wait. What was your? Oh yeah. One other thing that. Oh, uh, and we we got many pictures too. We got many pictures from that uh, trip. Oh yeah, we do. One other thing that kind of well, that stood out to me about this movie was um. When we were watching it, one, it's like, why did they make like her parents? So like they were just having like they were clearly not into each other. Like they just had this really toxic relationship. And it was like very toxic. So here's what just like very toxic. No, I love a few things that he said. So one, (laughs) first of all, it was very toxic, and they were making it seem in the three or four scenes like Yaya's character had a drinking problem. Not like he was a casual right. drinker. Yeah. No. It like he had a drinking problem. But he still had good aim. One is Dark the Thriller shirt, which is a cool fucking shirt, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but the one line, no. So the one line that I liked, though, was like, all right. So after he wanted the shirt, then the mom was like, all right, well, you need to make sure she goes to the bathroom because she don't spill too much of that stuff on her shirt. And then Yaya was like, man, I'm in trouble for winning my daughter a shirt. That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. Can't do, can't do shit like, right, man. Right. I'm, I'm, man. You know? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And that, like, I, I think that we're kind of maybe you're going to use that as the way to explain why she was silent as a kid growing up or something. But I was just like, damn, this just feels heavy right now. But that wasn't even the point. The point was when we were watching it, I was watching it with my wife for a bit, and she was like, ah, this is, I, I can't even believe this. Like, there's no way I would just walk away from my dad like that at a fair. Um, and I, I was agree. Like, That's, dude, yeah. I'm not even a parent yet. I'm not even yeah. a parent yet. And I'm like, dude, how is she just, like, walking off? Like, right. Yeah. But, and, and you know what? And I was like, yeah, you're right. But I was watching you with mom, too. And then mom was like, uh, actually, Theo, you were the main one to just wander off all the time and like lifted listed three very specific examples. And I was like, oh, all right. I guess maybe uh growing up maybe in this the is 80s. a plausible <laughs> story. Growing, growing up in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And then and then I remember Andre's mom was like, Oh yeah, that one time you like left and some random white people wanted to like pick you up and you just let them. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that I think. 
And in the, now from our adult brains, we're like, that shit is irresponsible. My child will never do that. But they do be right. They do be just be walking off like that. <laughs> well, you know, it's information and stuff, though, too, right? We also got 30 years of watching all yeah. the people yeah. getting abducted and all that stuff. And it's a, it's a, it's all another uh, conversation, right? But what, what we grow up, me and you grew up watching all these camp shows and uh, Hey Dude. So yeah. there's one part of my brain that's like, man, if I can financially afford it, I would love for my child to have the opportunity to be able to like go to an overnight camp for the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've seen all those movies. So that's like one brain that I have. Like that's just like an experience that I've seen on TV. I don't know if my kid wants to do that or not, but I like them to have that opportunity to that experience, right? That's one side of my brain. The other side of my brain, and I think me and my, my wife is on this other side, is like, I ain't trying to let my kids stay overnight with no, <laughs> without yeah. me, with no other yeah. kids and some teenagers and some adults that I don't know. That I may have met for a day because I've seen too much stuff in my head. So it's kind of like that. Uh, so I don't know. It's like I feel like that '80s way of letting people growing up. They just be like, hey, yeah, you know what? Going outside and come back at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. we don't really do that. But my dad, I feel like my dad were less about that. And we're like, I'm not trying to pay for that camp. <laughs> <laughs> you got a TV. You got outside. You good? Yeah, you go nowhere. <laughs> you got your brothers. <laughs> right. Talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to each other. <laughs> All right. Um, and I'll be brief, and then we can kind of go into the uh, sequel plots. Um, I, I want to shout out Sh- Shahidi Wright Joseph, the young girl, the daughter. I thought she was pretty good in it. Um, you know, as a regular person, I thought her performance was good. But as the weirdo, I agree. <laughs> she freaked me on out. As, as the warrior, I was like, man, what is going on with her? Um, I also thought Elizabeth Moss was pretty weird as well, so I thought she was pretty good. Um, and I don't know, I liked Yaya. Yaya was only four scenes, but I thought he was memorable. And this was before, I don't want to say it was before he was Yaya, but in my opinion, it was before he was Yaya to me. And I didn't know what his name was, but I'm like, man, it's that black dude who's liking everything. He's in this too? And I was like, <laughs> he, but, but I was like, he's in four scenes. And then when it came back and you showed like, what was it, at the very end when they're all going up and it's showing like the pair. It, it's, it's showing the real life, how it is underground. And he's being all weird. I'm like, man, all right. It's kind of a good performance. I feel like he made an impact. I remember his performance in just like four scenes. I think it was probably less than an entire two minutes together of him. So I, I, I think it's worth recognizing. Um, <clears throat> so I can start it off unless anybody else got one to sequel plots. Anybody got any uh, pitches for what you'd like to see the sequel to look like? I mean, um, no, I don't have a specific one. I just feel like it would just it would it would have to be like some more underground people were like, no, nah, we're doing it for real this time, right? Just like just on a bigger scale. And then maybe they actually do it. That's all I got. I would like to see a sequel where they cover more of like how things can logistically work underground. That'd probably like be like the only sequel I'm interested in, but yeah, I don't really have much of this. Do you see, do you still see it being like a, a, maybe it'd be the prequel then because like, it even still, it's not scary. Like, you know what I mean? It's got, it's got to be like, maybe if it were like a prequel where it was like, all right, we're going to start this experiment and then like, the creators get murdered or something like that in the process. And that's how the underworld yeah. starts. I could, I could totally see it being like a prequel. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, have y'all seen um, Planet of the Apes? The one with, uh, with James Franco, like that's yeah. pretty much like a prequel. It's pretty much just kind of like, Hey, 
here's how it started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This would never get a sequel, though. So here's my sequel pitch. Uh, <laughs> it starts off the next day. And because, you know, let's say how it ends. It ends with two things. One, Lapita lets you know. She's like, yeah, I'm the bad person. And also, I remember I'm the bad person because of that weird smirk in the sun nose. And then <clears throat> it shows that, like, wait, there's a whole bunch of these red people above, right? So I got to be honest. Next day, it seems like we're kind of like, I don't want to say a zombie apocalypse. But the next day, it seems like we're like, the people from underground apocalypse that keep on coming on up and like killing people, and then they they do a hand. So we kind of got some like weird underground people, apocalypse people, like zombie people. And then <clears throat> and I want to say the focus is more on Winston Duke and not Lupita. And Winston Duke's like, all right, man, this stuff's going crazy. But then Winston Duke slowly but surely starts realizing that Lupita is not one of the regular people. She's one of the tethered people. And that's a sequel. If I was Winston Duke, though, I'd be like, well, I mean, you seem cool now. I know you have your past, but I mean, like, you're not as weird as the other uh, Adelaide's or so. I mean, I don't know. I'll roll with it. Elaine was bringing that up, too. I'm like, I mean, he's been with this one. He's only known this one. It's not like he was married to her and then she swapped places. Like, this is the only one he's actually interacted with. So I don't know. I personally wouldn't be as weirded out. But. Hey, brother. Nay, brother. I'd be honest, man. You're like setting up to be like great husband number one because you know what? That's like some better or worse, <laughs> richer or poorer shit. <laughs> it's like, hey, <clears throat> I married you. I thought you was a regular human being. I ended up finding out you in the underground, upside down people. But baby, hey, we in this together. <laughs> I mean, I she's already. Yeah. It's like, you just happen to be a crazy person from underground, but you know what? We got two kids together, and we've been married right. for twenty years. So they've been hey, yeah, they got I two kids you. together. Like how? I mean, they're they're clear. I don't know what. I mean, that's another question. It's like biologically, how are these people different? Clearly, the only difference I know is that the underground people can digest raw rabbits and live. <laughs> but it's like clearly the lady parts are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like, like, what's the difference? Why can't they all just live up? You know what I mean? Like, I had so many questions. And a the previous one is just like, y'all could y'all just came up? Like, y'all just came through the fair? And then at the end of the movie, no, did they drive all away? Took, just, is, is all it took is coming up in the elevator shaft yeah. at Santa Cruz Beach, uh, a boardwalk. Right. Like, right. Why her? How did nobody else realize this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't understand the whole dancing thing when they're like, when I was 14, we danced, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, so was it like Adelaide who was dancing, or was it Red who was dancing? And why is it a big deal? Maybe I need to ask my wife because I feel like they make like a big deal of like the whole dancing when she was 14 stuff, you know? I mean, the, the whole <laughs> idea of the fact that they're tethered means that they should how was how was she red able to like orchestrate a whole plan and, and get <laughs> matching jumpsuits and scissors and stuff it's like were you doing that in your time where you were untethered from her up there oh man now you hurt my brain <laughs> brother. Like, was this in downtime was it like, like <laughs> nine, wait no take like from nine to five she's tethered to adelaide <laughs> 
But then after 5 p.m., then she has time to like work on her like her side hustle, which revenge is like, plot. Yeah, which is like <laughs> the red jumpsuit revenge plot. <laughs> <laughs> it was so elaborate. Too. It was like, nah, we gotta have matching scissors. <laughs> All right, all right. Oh, oh, another plot, another plot point. <laughs> Why did the white family? All right, the one thing I'll give the white tethered family, they, they were efficient. They were very efficient. Like for Red to have created the whole plan, hers was the worst approach. She was like, we're gonna like chase them and like have the right front. They were doing the awesome go. powers thing. They were doing the awesome <laughs> powers thing. It's like, like, why don't you just kill them? No, we want to no. hold them. Tell them our plot, <laughs> give them the plot to the story, and then handcuff them. Because that gets me to the question of this. Why did Winston Duke's doppelganger have to fucking take him out on a boat? <laughs> How about just hit him on the head with your crowbar five times? You had already hit him multiple times. You could have murdered them right there. <laughs> the like, white twins wasted zero time. They were like, all right, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry. No, I think have, I, you, I, I, yeah, but no, actually, I think you have two great points on the efficiency, Theo. So, uh, maybe we're seeing the theme here on um, on Jordan Peele's movies in regards to efficiency. And let's see if we're gonna be able to notice this on Nope next week. But last week, you called out how the brother was way more efficient in his process than, <laughs> than the sister. Just like, you know what? Just snatch a brother. <laughs> She's doing the whole four month, like, hey, I love the long you. game. And it's like, no, snatch a brother. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> and, then, and then again, you're bringing up the way more efficient process here. It's just like, you know what? Red wants to sit down, explain the story, handcuff him to the table, take the husband out on a boat, and then I guess drown him. Or, you know what? Other idea. How about just stick the freaking scissors in their neck? Then you're done. <laughs> That wouldn't made very much of a movie, though. But yeah. it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. But I wouldn't have thought about it at all had you just not showed me how quickly. You know what I mean? It's like don't show me the alternative in the same movie. Like just cut that part out. You know? How, you know? How about this? How about not standing at the top of their driveway holding hands for like twenty minutes? How about just cut the lights off and then just show up at the door and then kill them? <laughs> Apparently they didn't even do that. The white family was already in there. They were they didn't even have they didn't sneak up on them. They were all in the house already. Like just in there. God. Oh, this movie's frustrating me now. I swear I liked it. I two years ago. I love this movie. Now I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm holes. All right. Um, so before we go into the spotlight, we're gonna start wrapping this one up. Uh <clears throat> I'm gonna tell you my thumbs. I give it two thumbs up, even though it's got a lot of plot holes. Uh, I, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it on the first watch. And uh, even though I enjoyed the rewatch of Get Out better, I still enjoyed this. I think it's a great performance. And I honestly forgot how the movie ended. And I think the first five minutes into the rewatch, I was talking with Rhonda mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, wait, is this how this ends? Oh, so... I don't know. I'm gonna give it a two thumbs up, and um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's got a lot of plot holes. But you know what? I'm not trying to overthink it too much. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to give it one thumbs up, one thumbs down. Um, you know, like similarly, I loved it the first time I watched it, but it just it's it doesn't have very high rewatchability. <clears throat> um, and then it's just yeah, just it's just 
has a lot of plot holes. Like, I don't know. I think that that might have been like part of Jordan Peele's thing too. Um, to have you point out all the fucking plot holes because there's just so many. Like, it's like almost comical how many there are. So, yeah, um, you know, one thumbs up, one thumbs down because, yeah, like, it's rewatchability is just not there. Um, but, you know, I still, I still like the movie. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and be generous, bro. Because, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I'm always kind of the strictest <laughs> one. I, no, no. So actually, I, it's, it's balanced, though, man. It's balanced. All right. I, I'm a, I'm I feel like I'm giving. I feel like I'm giving almost everything two thumbs up. <laughs> I know, I know, and I give. I, I'm gonna give it two thumbs up. I'm gonna give it two thumbs up just for like pure nostalgia purposes. Uh, and yeah, and just the just, it's just a better. I don't know. It's still fun. It's still great. I think what for me is like I don't need a just dark drama horror. Like, don't I need to laugh? You know what I mean? And so it made me laugh. I identify with the characters in it or one of the characters in it. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> y'all look alike, bro. <laughs> you don't look alike. I mean, alike. you guys had y'all, y'all light-skinned. Now I'm being like the white folks. Y'all what? Do you know what? Do you know what Winston Duke looks like? He's not hella dark. No, for real? Yeah, yeah dude, y'all, y'all looking like... Dude, Malcolm, help me out here. It... Do I look like no, Winston man? Duke? No, I mean, here's my thing though. If you put him in next Lapita Nuongo and Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> I mean, he looks kind of caramel, and I think you're kind of caramel, Theo. Yeah, he's pretty dark. He's pretty I think dark. He's dark. I think he's pretty fucking dark. But he's got some, he, I mean, I gotta be honest, he's got probably about like six inches. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's a giant. That's the one thing. That's the one thing I'm, I'm a little like, because I saw Black Panther and everybody, I feel like he was like the most memorable character in like Black Panther. People love this guy, right? Yeah. And then I saw him in this immediately afterwards. And so I was like, um, oh, he's about to like be in hella more shit. And to be honest, I haven't really seen a lot more shit. So I'm kind of like, mm, all right. But he's, yeah. You know. <clears throat> no, let's be 100 on that. And I don't want to be Mr. Debbie Downer. I think that's less a representation of him. I think that's more of a uh... Hollywood opportunities for black, you know, black successful actors and actresses, and I think it's. But what? But what about Yaya? Yaya's trajectory has been like the same as his. I feel like there's, he's like not leading man type necessarily. He's like no, I'm gonna go 100. No, I'm gonna. So all right, here's now I'm gonna do this. I think casting directors in Hollywood be like, hmm, they get kind of into their like one head of like, man, this is a Chadwick Boseman role. Mm-hmm. Or a Michael B. Jordan role, or a Yaya role. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so yeah. I think I, as much as I love all three of them, sometimes I, I sometimes I'm a little bit like, man, again, like, <laughs> right, got this role again, and so mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I think that's at the oh, if I'm going 100 with it, <clears throat> sometimes I think that's at the price of those other people that aren't want to be at the top of the mind yeah and, and that's and like my, and yo for real for real rest in peace he's a howard brethren rest in peace chadwick Bowman. but i honestly at a certain point i was seeing him cast as every main dude and everything that i was everyone like, this, this is just yeah. lazy casting at this that's point. what like, so that's what i'm getting at lazy casting and was he excellent yes but it was lazy casting because you know what it is it's just 
hey, you know, I got black friends, I got white friends. And you know what? Sometimes I think there's white friends who don't know too many black people and they'll be like, all right, well, <laughs> everything I know about black people is through this prism of the one black person that I know. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, so yeah, I think that just goes right there. It's lazy casting, lazy casting sometimes. So, um, but no, I think Winston Dukes, man. Um, I want I want to see some some more things from him in the future. Indeed, indeed. Sorry, another digression. But we're we're back on track now. How you you wrapping this up? Yeah, you to do, you so to do let's do this. Lupita. We like to do yeah, Lupita Nyong'o spotlight. Today's ones. Upon a time, there was a girl, and the girl had a shadow. The two were connected. point what we like to do is focusing on people of color that are in the film entertainment industry and like to highlight how people can get into the film entertainment industry and uh spotlighting uh points of entry um today we're going to be discussing lapita nuongo lapita nuongo uh who started in this um is very successful very acclaimed and very recognized she was <clears throat> actually born in mexico city in march 1st 1983. So it was really cool because in some of the research, I've seen her uh, described as Afro-Latina, which she is. But when I was seeing Afro-Latina, I mean, in my head, so my wife is Afro-Latina, right? She's uh, She is half African-American, half uh, Puerto Rican. So once I read Afro-Latina, I'm like, okay, it's like her mom, Latin and stuff. I thought she was African-African. Yeah, so <clears throat> she is. Uh, both of her parents are Kenyan. And they're actually from the similar uh, tribe. I think it's the Luo, Luo tribe. Um, I may be incorrect with that, so I, I apologize if I'm wrong. But both of her parents are both Kenyan. But since she was born in Mexico City, right, she is actually Kenyan-Mexican. Because she, you know, she was born there. So she has Mexican okay. heritage and stuff. So she's Kenyan-Mexican. So that goes with the Afro-Latina. Um, and so her parents, I mean, I was going to be 100 the 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 woman is very educated and she comes from very good um she's got a good family very background very well traveled um her father uh he was a former senator now he's a governor in the kenyan government her mother uh runs the african cancer foundation and has her own communications company um she grew up middle class and <clears throat> she was in mexico city because her father was actually teaching on assignment in Mexico. Uh, I'm, that's a whole other side subject. I think I said to you fellas, my, my plans, my ambitious plans over the next five or 10 years, I'm going to manifest this. A goal for me, and I would like to see if you guys would be interested in this, a goal for me is to teach and to spend a summer abroad with my family. And I would love to be like, hey, we're going to Paris or we're going to Nairobi 
for the summer and I'm going to teach and I'm going to take my kids and we'll take my wife. I think that'd be really cool. So that's what her, uh, <clears throat> her, uh, her did, her dad did in Mexico city. And that's when she was born in Mexico city. Um, she grew up in Kenya, Mexico city, and she went to undergrad at Hampshire college in Massachusetts. How did she get into the industry? Her entry point into the industry. Um, she made her professional debut at age 14 uh, <clears throat> in Nairobi's Romeo and jo Juliet uh, uh, stage play by their Phoenix players. She then um, had, uh, she worked as a production assistant on several film roles, uh, specifically The Constant Gardener. Um, that was a pretty big movie um, around 2005. She's, she's pretty much, she's my age. She's my generation when I was looking at her career, right? If I'm be 100, it's like, yeah, and all of you. Yeah. <laughs> One year younger. But anyways, she was in college. She was an undergrad when I was an undergrad. And then pretty much when I was like in Indianapolis and Dallas, that's what she was being a production assistant. And 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 actually at this time, before, um, after becoming a production assistant, she actually did a documentary called In My Jeans. And <clears throat> She wrote, directed, and produced that documentary. And the documentary is about uh, albino Africans and some of the stigmas that they have against them. So this is something that I see as a similar theme as this. Um, investing in yourself, right? Um, Theo, I want to be, I'm going to put you on the spot. Seeing how you've kind of navigated through your career um, has really inspired me a lot to kind of discuss on this podcast how like people of color can get into the entertainment industry. And a common trend I'm seeing is this, people investing in themselves and doing their own thing, which really helps start to propel them when, when other people want to do stuff with her, uh, with them. So the fact that she like did her own documentary and then she went to the Yale School, of, uh, got her master's at the Yale School of Drama, then that really propelled her. Um, after that, her first role outside of, getting, uh, outside of getting her master's at the Yale School of Drama was 12 Years a Slave, where she won an Oscar uh, for Best Actress. And then after that, man, she's just, she's just really been on the radar. Uh, in, in my opinion, I think Disney's really invested with her in a similar way that they've been trying to have a partnership with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, they've had her in Star Wars trilogy, Jungle Book, Black Panther, and Queen of Katwe. So that's, I may be incorrect, but it, it looks like to me, again, I saw this uh, after Lin-Manuel, after Hamlet got all their recognition, and after... Uh, <clears throat> After uh, Lupita Nyong'o won the, uh, her Oscar, I think it's a bit of an obvious transition that Disney was like, you know what, we want to be in business with y'all. As a, uh, a film moviegoer, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see the, that Disney's been investing, putting their money in their mouth is on being able to provide a platform for people uh, of Latinos, uh, uh, such as Lin-Manuel Miranda and as uh, African and African-Americans like Lupita Nyong'o. Um, I, you know, it's crazy. I, I'm looking at her Wikipedia or filmography, and, and it's not very big. Like, but I, she's like an A-list celebrity, but she's been in like 12 movies. It's kind of, that's like, I don't know, it's just really impressive. Because like every person, not a quantity person. Yeah, like clearly, like I've only, and I've heard of everything, maybe like one, I mean two. Well, like she had a short film in 2008, but then it was like, her first movie is 12 Years a Slave, and it's like 
Star Wars, Jungle Book, Queen Cotway, Star Wars, Black Panther. Like, what? Like, it's crazy. It's very, uh, very um, surprising because it feels like I hear her name so much and such a household name that she, I, you'd think she'd be in like 20, 30 movies by this point. So I'll tell you my experience on her. <clears throat> Never knew who she was. Heard of her when she won the Oscar. I have not seen 12 Years a Slave. Me and Rhonda aspire to see 12 Years a Slave. We're just kind of like, we, we've been, honestly, we've been avoiding it because we're like, man, it's going to be a buzzkill. It's going to take us to a place. You know what it was is this, though? It came out the same year as um, uh, Fruitville Station. I and, think I saw both. Yeah. Yeah. And we love Fruitville Station, but it took us to a place, right? And it's like, man. It's just so heavy. So we're like, all right, man. <sighs> 12 years a slave. We already know, like, <laughs> we already know what this is about and stuff. So been avoiding it, but I, I think I need to see it. So I'm embarrassed to say live action. Um Black Panther is like the primary only live action performance I've seen her in. Um again, her IMDB rundown, East River. I haven't seen that. 12 years a slave, still need to see that. Nonstop. Oh wait, I saw her in Nonstop very briefly. She was a a, a flight attendant on that. Uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. She was like some video character. The Jungle Book again. She was an animated character. Queen of Katue. Uh, I haven't seen that. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Black Panther. Little Monsters. Us. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. The Three Five Five. Black Panther. She yeah, also has definitely Three Five Five flopped. <clears throat> oh, did it? You should. Yeah. You guys should definitely see. I I really enjoyed Queen Queen of Cotway. Okay, like, you recommend it. You recommend it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like a family friendly, you know, movie. It's, but it's a chess movie, which is pretty cool. It's like an African chess movie. No, you know, what? I'm gonna check it out because you know what? I love, I love African chess. No, <laughs> <laughs> the Queen's Gambit. Haven't y'all seen the Queen's Gambit? Yeah. So, I was so it pretty much you just said that it was like it's African Queen's Gambit, so I'm in. I mean, I don't know if it's average, it's a family like Queen's Gambit is not family friendly, <laughs> it's family friendly, and okay. honestly, it kind of like the part that always kind of blew my mind is like I see Lapita Nuango is like young, and but and I see her in this movie, so I was like, oh, cool, this is about to be about like she's about to star in it, she's like the mother in it, it's about like her daughter. So it's like she's it just blew my because I'm like, how old is Lupita? Because she kind of convincingly plays like a like it like a like a mom, you know what I mean? Like a black, like, black, black don't crack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, um, I'm 40 years old. You know how you know how many times uh, people I tell them 40, they're like, man, you 40? I'm like, hell yeah. Cause black don't crack, brother. Cap, you capping. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. My bad. Did I interrupt you? No, no, you didn't. You didn't. Oh. Um, Otherwise, yeah, you're good. <laughs> awkward silence. But yeah, man, <laughs> I think she's a uh, she's doing she's doing a lot. So, oh, that actually was a, a transition that I wanted to bring on up. You you just bring it up for being mother. So, what she got going on in the future? Um, I listened to the audio book, and I'm not sure if you've read it or not, Theo. I imagine you probably have. Um, Born a Crime. Trevor Noah's autobiography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I did. And South, I listened to it in South Africa. Uh, That's while right. On, while on our honeymoon, which was pretty cool. 
It's very cool. So she owns the rights to it. And um, so she is going to be filming, which is not started filming yet, but she is going to be playing his mother. Um, oh. and that's gonna be a, and yeah, she owns the rights to it. So it's like going to be her big thing and stuff. Um, How does Trevor Noah not own the rights to it? That's confusing. Like what? Uh, she owns the rights I, to Trevor Noah's book? I mean, he owns it and then she can buy it. Oh, all right. That's pretty dope. I'm excited to see it. I think it'll be a good movie. It was yeah. like, yeah, it, it, it was it was good. Took me places. Yeah. yeah. And um also I feel like we're kind of burying the lead by like, I don't know, maybe I'm selfish, but Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's coming out in a couple months. I think it's gonna be a yeah. big movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it may be the biggest movie of the year, but another aspect of it is like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's like it's still a lot of question marks going on with Wakanda forever so I, I think there's a lot of excitement but also I think there's a lot of intrigue um about what's going to on. be honest man I feel like I'm besmirching like Chadwick Boseman's name right now but I'm like kind of excited to see a different Black Panther um no so let's be 100 of that, so... if you didn't say it like that <laughs> no yeah, no it's not bad so... <laughs> I, I've been hearing two things you know we'll kind of start wrapping this one up I've been hearing some people in the camp of recast T'Challa. And then I've been hearing some people in the camp of like, you know what? We're going to respect uh, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman T'Challa. So how do you feel about that? Do you think they should recast T'Challa or do you like look forward to the fact that they're going to have like someone different? I mean, it's, it, it's effectively going to be the same thing. Like they don't have to recast T'Challa, but the movie is going to be focused on another black actor in the lead role playing a version of Black Panther, right? Because it's a throne that gets passed around, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah, like, exactly right. Yeah, I, I was yeah. like, I don't really care if it's T'Challa or they focus on another character. What I kind of don't want them to do uh, is Disney's been flipping every superhero to like the girl version of the superhero. And it's like, I, what I don't want them to do is like, be like, all right, we're just going to focus on like his sister. And now it's going to be like, girl, Black Panther. It's like, no, like actually write like a, a, a different movie for that superhero. I want to see like the Black Panther movie that, so, I, you know what I mean? What I've been reading on the interwebs out here in Atlanta is this. Disney actually did want to do that. And Disney was going to be like, yo, Black Panther's sister, you're going to be the new Black Panther. But then the actress was like, I ain't getting my vaccine. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and so right, then Disney was like, all right, cool. We respect you, but. <sighs> <Yeah>. So I think that's why I got pushed back amongst a lot of other reasons and stuff. So, hmm. all right. Well, just kind of wrapping one up. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, looking forward to seeing her feature roles. Uh, I think she's done a lot in her short time. And I think Theo brought up a really good point. She's just getting started and she's already a list. So I look forward to seeing what else she's got in her future. Um, I'd like to close it up with some few fun facts that I saw from uh, trivia on some research. Um, are you any of you guys familiar with the 1980s vampire movie, The Lost Boys? It's got the Corey brothers, Corey Haim and, and yeah. Corey. Yeah. And yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. And Kiefer Sutherland. So um <clears throat> That was like one of the vibes that Jordan Peele was trying to get from this. And he told the cast to watch The Lost Boys, amongst other things. And 
The Lost Boys was set and filmed at the Santa Cruz uh, boardwalk. And further, um, he actually tries to incorporate the fact that, that the movie was shot there in the 80s. So in the first scene, the mom brings it up. And she's like, oh, yeah, they were shooting a movie over here earlier and stuff. Oh, so yeah, they were moving that they, yeah, she references the fact that they were shooting uh, the Lost Boys Keeper something stuff there. Yeah, they. She said like, "Hey, you should try to be an extra." Like she was like talking to Yaya, like maybe he was like a budding actor or something. Like, yeah, I don't know. Such a, they have so much like, but I want the prequel. Actually, that's my to re-answer your other question. I want it to be a, a prequel, prequel man. about like their toxic relationship. <laughs> like, what the fuck was going on in that family? <laughs> I guess, again, I think they was really leaning on, like, he was drinking a lot. <laughs> but then I mean, they, it's they, so bad because he got a he got a freaking lake house. So, like... Right. They never the reference It's like... Functioning alcoholic. Right. It's like, she never says anything bad about her parents. It's just like, yeah. And then we got a bomb-ass lake house. It's like, that's expensive. Santa <laughs> Cruz is... Beautiful lake is, house. You know? In Santa Cruz. Right. Just say no lake house in Missouri. No. <laughs> it's a lake house in the bay. <laughs> All right. Um, do any of you guys know what the quote, uh, the Bible verse, Jeremiah 11, 11 is? Yeah, I had it on my phone. It was something. I forgot it. I looked the, it up yesterday. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So I think that's a whole bunch of old biblical talk for like bad people gonna fuck with y'all. And you know, eleven eleven, it's a mirror of each other, which is like symbolism. Uh, did you guys catch when they when she looked at the clock and it was eleven eleven? And you know, eleven eleven is kind of like mirrors of each other. When um, Winston Duke, when the father was watching the baseball game. The score of the baseball game was 11 to 11. And one of the baseball teams that were playing, it was the Giants against the Minnesota Twins. Twins, right? 11 11, mm-hmm. doppelganger. Um, it was a callback. And so I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you guys this. So if we check out Nope this week, he purposely had the father eating Fruit Loops as a callback. So he's kind of making that like his thing and stuff because uh, Rose ate the Fruit Loops and get out. So then he had the father in this eating Fruit Loops. So maybe in Nope, somebody's going to be eating Fruit Loops. Um, now, I'm, now I'm like, Jordan, before you get over here with all the <laughs> Easter eggs, I'm going to need to get, I'm going to need you to focus a little bit more on the science and logic of your stories. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm gonna kill them. They go, they gonna beat the Fruit Loops. They gonna beat the Fruit Loops. <laughs> right, hey, bro, <laughs> bro. <laughs> this, this story point doesn't make sense. Let's focus yeah, on some tether. Loops. Yeah, let's focus on some tether logic first, right? Tether logic. <laughs> Again, why did Winston Duke's doppelganger have to drown him in a boat and, and right. <laughs> stab him in the neck with your scissors? Done, yeah. nigga. Fruit Loops. <laughs> and last thing, and I don't know if you guys are feeling me on this. So he had a lot of inspirations. He even had the birds as inspiration on this. Um, <clears throat> something I was kind of talking about with Rhonda is I almost wanted to watch uh, It Follows and The Babadook. I've never seen The Babadook or It Follows. 
So those are some two other movies that he had inspired this. So we actually had The Goonies as one of his inspirations of this. I don't know how there's any Goonies interactions. I'm thinking, I'm going to ask y'all if y'all can see this, but so the, the restaurant, the fast food restaurant they get food from, they're called Copper Pots. And he specifically had it called Copper Pot because in the Goonies, the, the guy that they're talking about who they have the match of is Chester Copper Pot, right? So it's like a Goonies callback. But then I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, all right, that's cool. But I'm like, this ain't motherfucking Stranger Things. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck does Us got to do? <laughs> I'm like, what are some Goonies things inside of Us? So the only thing I would possibly think of is this. Um, in Goonies, they were like the underground people, right? And Goonies are the people that you don't think about, right? And, ew, the 80s thing and stuff. And... I don't know if y'all saying the right word or not. Allegory, alle- no, allegory, right? Allegory. I got al- al- allegory? <laughs> no, no, it's allegory. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> I gotta be honest, man. I think us is really just like an allegory. Oh, an allegory. <laughs> I think that us is really an allegory for if you don't want to say race relations, but uh socioeconomic relations. And it's always like yeah. this. Hey, you know what? If you're I don't want to say a Kardashian, but if you're a, a housewife, right? If you're one of these these real housewives on a reality show that's living a million dollar life, do not think that it's not at the cost of someone that doesn't have those opportunities, right? Um, it's the whole upstairs, downstairs type of thing, right? So I got to be honest, he did a little horror movie, but I think Sublimity, he's kind of talking about racial relations and socioeconomics. Yeah. And it's like, definitely. hey, if you're going to be that soccer mom, don't think that you being that soccer mom in the suburbs doesn't come at the price of somebody, right? That that single mom who, I don't know, on welfare, who doesn't have options, who doesn't have education, who doesn't have time, who has to, you know, do certain things and stuff. So don't think that your privileges don't come at a price. And so I think that's the whole thing. of I'm like, hmm, us. And when she asks, who are you? And Red says, we are Americans. I think the whole movie is just kind of a subliminal thing of like, hey, again, we live a privilege, but don't forget about the people that that living at a privilege comes to that too. And I think we saw a lot of that kind of come to um, present in, um, in the pandemic. And I think we're seeing a lot of labor shortages because a lot of people are like, man, maybe I don't want to work doing this job and working this type of way and getting paid this type of way. So. Those are some of my last thoughts. I don't know if anybody has has any additional closing thoughts. I think we probably got the outro music playing around now. Any other closing thoughts? You summed it up well, man. Cool. All right. Well, fellas, uh, look forward to catching up next week. And look forward to us uh, wrapping on note. Talk to you guys later. All right. Peace. Peace.